All right, John Martin is the co-host of Jason and John, 11 to 2 Central Time, 92.9 ESPN every weekday. Memphis, he jumps on with us now. It's, uh, I'm sure, very quiet right now there. Not a lot going on with the Grizzlies or John Morant or anything. Uh, No big news, I guess, today, right? Yeah, you know, we got a big WNBA game tonight, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. with the sparks that we're following, right? Yeah, no, it's uh it's been a day. It's been um I don't know, it's been a it's been a, a, a few weeks. I mean, because we've spent most of the time just, you know, speculating on when is Adam Silver going to make this decision? When is it going to uh, be announced and come down? And, and and they were starting to sort of <laughs> feel, you know, like he was teasing us a little bit. You know, he was making the jokes about carrying and and uh you know doing it's one thing right where if you say okay we're going to let the finals play out we're going to get to it after that um but he kept doing interviews about it you know and it was like come on man if you're going to talk about it and you're going to be this open and forward about it you might as well just go ahead and like get it out there right but yeah i think there's some relief um just in terms of now we know it seems for now what the punishment is yeah, it sounded like Adam Silver, like, right after he announced the Nuggets as the champions and handed over the award, like, he was going to be like, and John Morant, 60 games. But I was actually surprised it was only 25, man. There were offshore markets that were dealing, like, 50 and a half games, minus 115 yeah. both ways. So I think yep. this is actually best-case scenario. I mean, obviously it sucks missing John Morant for the first 25 games of the season. But you kind of have to be – are you pleased with this result at all? Because I thought it was going to be at least 50 games, man. Yeah, I mean, I think I, the only thing I would say, and, and, and I saw it just the same as you did, is that I think they were only taking like $100. So they, yeah. that, that just kind of tells you like how much confidence they had in that number there. They're not taking, uh, you know, 100Ks there. But, yeah, I mean, look, I think there was a precedent with this punishment. And I think the, the thing that we talked about and, and sort of leaned on in Memphis was Miles Bridges, who actually broke a law, right, and was charged with, domestic violence which he pleaded no contest to he only got officially 30 games Mm -hmm. and so our operating theory down here was optically because John Morant did not break a law and we're only talking about code of conduct you can't come in more than 30 Um, because what message would that send that you don't take domestic violence seriously right I mean you sort of have to balance that um, and, and so I think the, the operating, uh, you know, thought here in Memphis was that it was always going to be under 30. Now, was it going to be 18, 25, whatever? We figured, and I think it makes sense, you have to cost him something, which is now his All-NBA opportunity. He can't make the All-NBA, uh, any All-NBA team yet again um, if he misses 25 games with under the new CBA. So, you do that, you cost them, you know, tens of millions of dollars at least. Um, and, and, you know, you give them really seven months to think about his decision-making here with 25 games. So what does this mean for the Grizzlies short-term and maybe even more long-term? I mean, we've certainly seen before they were 25 and 10 without Moran a couple of years ago. I said this at the beginning of the show. Like, anybody who thinks the Grizzlies are better without John Moran is an idiot, and they just want to sit there and they want to get clicks and views and all that. It's just not true. But in reality mm-hmm. – uh, we have seen them win games without him, but we also know like there could be other changes this offseason. Dylan Brooks is not going to be back. Uh, they they just look like a, now a team that went from this huge, bright future to the immature guys making poor decisions, and they've lost a lot of that chemistry and almost the fun that it seemed like they were having a couple of years ago when they were playing together. What do you see from this offseason from this team and then heading into next year with knowing that Morant's going to be out at least 25? Yeah, Nick, I, I couldn't agree more with you, man. Um and, and I, I'm, I'm kind of in the minority in Memphis a little bit. Um, but I can't 
just assume and project this trajectory for the Grizzlies. Um, yes, like I think there are probably 25 out of 30 teams. I mean, we could argue about the actual number, but I would say 25 of 30 teams that would take the core of Ja, Jaron, and Desmond Bain and roll with that. Um, but I have major questions about those three um, and, and their availability to play together. I mean, their number of games together over the last two years is pretty small, relatively speaking. Um, and and you got to get those guys on the floor together. They got to play, you know. Um, and and so I think whether it be injury uh, or or behavioral stuff with John Morant, now you have both of those concerns. Jaron, even though he was the defensive player of the year, you know he, he's had lots of durability concerns in his career. And Desmond Bain, two straight, uh, you know, playoffs now has had nagging injuries. It was the toe this year. It was the back last year. So, you know, I think you look at a team like Boston, for example, and and you can assume nothing. I mean, that core is better than the Grizzlies, and they cannot break through. Now, they're getting to the finals. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I just am always, you know, a little bit more cynical, I guess, because, you know, yeah, you think, all right, John, Jaron, Desmond Bain they're all 23 24 years old but now you're introducing some more sort of complicating factors into the mix um they they can manage without him every NBA player it feels like misses 25 games in this day and age so they're used to it but I I think my larger concerns are the next two three four years and and what that looks like as opposed to this 25 game sample size that they'll probably you know finish 17 and 8 in yeah, and you got a team that's not even going to pick in the first round of the draft coming up here. And uh, so you think they get a little bit more aggressive maybe now? You know, he's going to miss 25 games. You think they maybe, like, look to shake things up here? Because we were talking about this, you know, before the break. Who's the go-to guy? I love Desmond Bain. I love Jaron Jackson, even though he struggles to stay out of foul trouble. I just don't know who that go-to mm-hmm. guy is. And then it's going to take Ja probably some time to ramp back up when he does come back to game action after not playing for 25 games. What do you think they try to do here, if anything, before the draft? Yeah, look – they have to get uh, a normal human being at the three, right? <laughs> like like D- uh, Dylan Brooks was uh, a, a negative for them. Uh, as much as he brought defensively, uh, he cost him because he, he, for whatever reason, was never aware enough to understand that he needed to stop shooting and that there was a reason that he was consistently being left open. Um, they have some assets. Like, they've got a 25th pick overall this year. They have some picks from the Warriors and, and so on and so forth. Um, if, if I'm them, you know, whether it's OG and Anobi there in Toronto, it feels like that is a rebuild. I mean, when you hire a, a Memphis Grizzlies assistant who's never been a head coach before, like that to me screams rebuild no matter what they say publicly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think they have to go get a guy like that and 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 not use the draft pick so much to bring in young players because, you know, I, I look at what the Nuggets did and, you know, it, it just wasn't about their youth. I mean, yeah, they developed Jamal and, and Jokic, Beyond that, it was trading for KCP. It was trading for Aaron Gordon. It was getting Bruce Brown on a on a super friendly deal and him maximizing that um, and, and being a really good player. That's how you win titles. You draft a couple or, or three and, and you develop them, but you add around that with vets. And I think that's what the Grizzlies have not done yet. Um, and maybe Steven Adams, but again, his health is a major question here too. Um, so I think that's the next phase for them is finding that vet core. And, and I don't know what that looks like, but they, they really need to do it. You talk about Steven Adams' health. I mean, h- how important is he, not even just to what he does on the court, 
the, them, but like just as, as a leader, as as a, as a voice mm-hmm. in the locker room, because it really felt like I. And obviously, you're way closer to this, so you'd probably know more of the timeline. I, I felt like there was a point where there was a report that like he got really mad at the players in the locker room, and there was a t- players only meeting, something along those lines. And mm-hmm. then he was hurt soon after that, and everything started to spiral anymore. Is that kind of the direction it went? Yeah, I mean, he demanded you know accountability, right? Uh, they were so bad on the road. Um, they were one of the worst road teams, just relative to you know what they were able to do at home in the in the in the NBA. Um, I think the issue with Stephen Adams is, I think you're just capped with him as a starting center in this NBA. Um, and the only reason why I won't say the only reason, but the biggest reason why he's so valuable to the Grizzlies is because they don't have any consistent um, you know one shot scorers. Like their half court offense is so mediocre that they depend on second and third chances uh, to score. And, and that's what Steven Adams is good at. It's what he's great at, offensive rebounds. But, you know, I think they have to sort of adapt to the new league and get a guy out there who's actually, a, 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 you know, a threat offensively. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to require some movement. But that's, that's where I am with Steven. I know he went away for a while last year, but do you think that Ja learned his lesson here? Because, I mean, you take away pay for 25 games, man. You got Nike endorsements. Yeah. You got all those endorsements on the line here. You're messing with the bread now. You think he's probably learned his lesson and maybe this is the last time we hear about any of this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a. he's got to feel really lucky that Nike didn't pull the plug, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like they would have much trouble getting somebody else to be the face of their brand. Um, and, and I think it's sinking in for him um, that I can't, I can't do, it's very simple, right? I mean, we're not asking him. I mean, it's, it's just like, don't go on social media. I can't sit here and, um, nor can anybody police what an NBA player does in their off time, right? There's a certain way you move. There's a certain way you learn to move when you're in the NBA. I'm not naive, you know? I mean, do we not think that James Harden and Meek Mill are, are kicking it somewhere, right? What's the difference? Right. The difference is we don't see it on, on Instagram Live. We don't see it on Twitter, you know, so there's a there's a certain maturation that comes with learning how to be a professional. That's one of them. Um, you know, one aspect of it is just you, you can't be broadcasting your life anymore. You're not the 17 year old kid from small town South Carolina getting his first offer for Murray State anymore, man. Like you made it, so you have to act like that. Um, and I think his the people around him have to understand that too. You have to move differently now. It happened in warp speed for them. I get that. He didn't come from a long lineage of NBA players or athletes in his family. But you're here now, and you're on the verge of blowing it. You're on the verge of blowing generational wealth. you got to move differently, man. Where are you at with Zion? Because obviously, you know, 2019, you're talking Ja, you're talking Zion. (laughs) Would you move Zion? I want to move Zion for that third pick. He's only 22 years old. I know he hasn't played a full season. I know about everything – Going on off the court, I can't really blame him to be honest with you there. But no. uh, what would what would you do with Zion, man? Because I still think like the ceiling's just way too high. Mariah gave him some uh, conditions on his return to play earlier today. <laughs> exactly. You know, she set some things aside. If you want to come back to the league, here's what you got to do for yeah. five straight games. I don't know, man. Like I don't care about that. Yeah, I don't. Like, that's cool. Like I mean, I hate how messy and sloppy it's gotten publicly. I can live with that if you're a 25 and 10 guy every single night. I mean, that's where I would be with him. It's like, what is my understanding of his health, his conditioning, his, um, you know, his, his I guess, want, right? Like, right. you know, and I can't know that from where I sit. It doesn't look good, though. It doesn't look good in, in that regard. If you told me that all that stuff was was above board, I have to keep him in New Orleans. I mean, it's a small market, man. You know, you better be right if you trade him 
You know, you better be right. And then that number three pick better be amazing. You know, whoever, whether that's Scoot or Brandon Miller, and they could be like, I'm pretty high on Brandon Miller, but I would not trade him unless I physically had no other choice, especially in New Orleans. If it was the Lakers or something like yeah. that, mm-hmm. different story. But, right. you know, it, it, you got to hold on to those when you get them because it's a generational thing when he's on the court, as we've seen. Got about a minute left or so. Do you think any teams will be active in the trade market during the draft? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, you know, Toronto is one of those teams that I mentioned, you know, like how, you know, what are we going to see, you know, Pascal's contracts coming up, what's going to happen with Van Vliet. Um, you know, the Grizzlies, I think, are always a team that's um, looking to do, like there were some reports about them moving up, which I don't, I don't quite understand that. Portland is one you're going to have to watch if they're not super high on, you know, either of uh, Scoot or, or Brandon, you know, and they're just trying to assemble veteran pieces around Damian. So, yeah, I suspect it'll be uh, a super busy night without a doubt. The always honest John Martin. We love having you on, buddy. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, man, anytime. Y'all have a good one.